Some of you that are struggling, been Christians, you think you've heard his voice, you struggle, you think you know what it sounds like, you don't know, you've never heard it audibly, but you don't know how to discern it, and so you have unctions or feelings in your heart and your mind, and you question, is that God? I'm not sure. Today, the Holy Spirit's going to decipher that and help you uh, decipher his voice. I'm excited about that. Are you? Uh, before I get started, um, Craig and Debbie, would you come up here? I didn't tell them, and I love surprising people like this. It's great to see their faces. And I'll probably get, you know, beat up later after service when everyone's gone. Yeah. Come over in the spotlight. So they have a special song they want to sing? Is that what? No, okay. <laughs> Hey, so I wanted to introduce you to this couple because they're new to our church. Uh, they now attend here at the Rivers. Uh, Craig and Debbie Hamilton, welcome. So I want to tell you a little bit about who they are because um, I met these two wonderful people um, 18 years ago in March probably, right? Yeah, just almost exactly 18 years ago. He was my associate pastor up in Paradise at the Paradise Foursquare Church for five years and has been a friend ever since. Um, and, and so God has called them to come here and minister here and work here at the Rivers. Um, he is a licensed Foursquare minister, and so he will be on our staff as a staff pastor. And so I am super excited to have someone as wise and wonderful and as good-looking as you are to be on staff um, so I'm thankful for that, but I wanted you guys to know them. They're a wonderful couple. Um, they love Jesus. Uh, you, they hear, uh, and don't answer these questions because I already know them to be true. They hear the Lord. They operate in the gifts of the Spirit. They operate, and uh, Craig will see visions. And so if you ever want prayer, this is the couple you want to go talk to and say, hey, would you agree with us on something, or would you pray for some? But uh, don't expect a candy-coated lovey-dovey answer. They're going to give you what God says, and Okay. So they're, they're great people. So get to know them after service. Say hi to them, Craig and Debbie. So they're going to, and their awesome daughter, Rachel. Rachel just waved everybody over there. And Rachel's older than she looks. She's not in high school. She's like 22, the same age as my middle son, 21. Um, so, um, and there's, they have another son, Isaiah, who's 28. Good Lord. He's in graduating college. And then uh, Josiah is 23. 24, like Justin, yeah. Okay, anyway, so they got other kids too, and so they may come visit it, but um, I just wanted you to meet them because they're a, we've been praying, Jen and I, and a lot of you with us, have been praying for God to bring in mature Christians who can help us build this church, because God has plans for this church. Amen, Amen T? Amen. Does God have plans? Amen. Has God given you visions? Amen. He has, okay, have you, how about you, Paula? Yeah, I know, because you've told me. Yeah. These two, they've seen, they've seen stuff. And so God's got something going on. A ask him about it after service. And I'm telling you, we need people like this couple and more of them to come help us build the kingdom and get ready, get ready for the influx of people that God's going to bring here. See, we, we just sang that God leaves the 99 and goes for the one. But let me tell you something. He's not going to leave the 99 and bring them here if we're not ready for them. Because he cares for every one of them, and he wants them to be plugged into a healthy, well-balanced church that's going to help them get free and discipled. Amen? So we got to focus on that, and we got to be ready for that. Are you with me? Yeah. So 
Would you welcome Craig and Debbie Hamilton with us? Anything you want to say? Okay. No. No words. No nothing. No visions. All right. So make sure you say hi to them. So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Wait, hold on. I want to say hi to. Oh, there she is. Amari, right? Amari, welcome. You don't have to get up here. I know she's like, don't even ask me to come up here. But she's new to the Rossi house and her brought two brothers. Two brothers are in. One brother and one sister are new. So we're welcome. We're so glad you're here and we be part of the family. So we started a new series last week um, talking about the awesome Holy Spirit. Were you, were you, who was here last week? Okay, so we're going to review just real quick, but I want to read our, our text, and we've entitled this whole series called, Have You Heard About the Holy Spirit? Have you heard? And we read, remember, in uh, Acts 19.1, and let's read just that real quickly again. So Acts 19.1, you don't have to turn there, but you know that you can turn there later and read it, but meditate on this uh, over the next few weeks, I want you to get a hold of the heartbeat, because God has something for all of us. Those of you that have had the Holy Spirit and have been walking in the Spirit of God for years, and those of you that this is a new concept to, that you've never, you never even heard that there was a baptism in the Holy Ghost. You thought you were baptized in the Holy Ghost when you got saved, and we talked about last week how the, the two differences. So when Acts 19.1 says this, and it happened while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country to Ephesus, and there he found some disciples. Remember, this is 20 years after Jesus has gone, gone up to heaven and sit at the right hand of the Father. So 20 years of ministry is going on, and in verse 2 he says, uh, he said to some of these disciples he found, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, and what were you baptized? They said, in John's. And Paul said that that baptism was for repentance, to believe on him, the ones coming after him, that is Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptized into the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon or in? Upon them, that's what the Bible says. And then they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. So we see this group of people, of Jesus lovers, of God, God's family, people that knew God but had never heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And church, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We are, and if you don't understand the, the, the depths of our need for the Holy Spirit, you've got to check yourself. Because if you don't wake up every morning and say, Holy Spirit, how you doing? You're here, right? I love you. I need you today more than ever. Because we, we are desperate for that, church. And if you don't realize that, you're even more desperate than you realize. We need the Holy Spirit, especially in these times where we have the crazy bills that are like going through the Senate of California that are trying to take away Christian liberty to silence the voice of Christians and to make our state. Because, see, what happens in the United States is when California typically does something, a lot of states copy and follow that. It's the same. Look at the, 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 the evil that's come out of Hollywood. You know, look at the evil in the porn industry has come out of Hollywood. And look, that's gone to the whole world. 
church. This is a big deal. A lot of things are copied in the negative that come out of California, right? And so if this bill is allowed to be passed and they can come in and censor the, the fact that we have a Bible and that we preach against, uh, uh, against sin in general, sin, just any other, it doesn't matter if it's homosexuality or gossip, it's still a sin, it's still something that keeps you separated from God, and they're going to, and, and gender and all that stuff, we need to be strong in that church and we need to stand up and fight in a godly manner that we cannot do that without the Holy Spirit. You don't know how to respond to someone without the Holy Spirit because our flesh will take over and we'll get in fights. You see that all over Facebook, right? You see unhealthy arguments. But see what the church has done, and I've heard it and seen in churches where they get, oh, don't do that. And they, they, they are so against the, the argument against this stuff that the Christians are backing off completely. And so, no, 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 that's not what God wants. The fact that you have a healthy discussion on Facebook, I've heard so many times, no, don't do that, do that. No, have one. If the Spirit of God tells you to say something, do it. Amen. You've got to be led by the Spirit of God. It cannot be led by the flesh because the flesh ends in death. The Spirit ends in life. And so if it's Spirit birthed and driven, it's going to bring life to that thing. So it's all in the attitude and the way you do it and who births the idea right? Because we need people to be on Facebook and other things, preaching the gospel and loving people the correct spirit way. We also need people in the legislation and in, as governors and, and, and political positions. We need Christians in those positions filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? We're not to back down and not be involved in anything and be in our little huddle here at the river. No, we're to go out there. And I'm hoping some of you young people, middle-aged people, even older people get involved in the political arena in Marysville and Yuba City. Are you with me? We're, we, we pray for our state legislators and senators to make godly decisions with a bunch of people that are ungodly. They're ungodly. They're going to make ungodly choices and they're doing it right now. But see, that's our fault. We should be more proactive at getting people into what God has called them because there's probably someone in this room that God is calling to the political arena in some way. He's called us all to vote and do all that, that part, but we can be involved and you've got to ask Holy Ghost, what part do you want me involved in? Because he wants you involved. Are you with me? Are, are you feeling, feeling that? So the Spirit of God, is it important that we understand who he is so that we can operate and do out of what he is. Because apart from him, we're on our own and it's a mess. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, knowing him, we can do great things. Amen? Amen. So last week we talked about, in your notes there, what Jesus began to do and teach. And why was this important? We looked at that verse, and that was an eye-opener for some of you. I know it was when I first saw it, and is every time I read it, that Jesus was talking about in the Gospels, Luke was writing Acts, and Luke, and when he wrote that, said, man, Jesus began to do these things, and you and me are to finish them. But wait and tarry in Jerusalem until you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, endued with power to go do that. Because you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. You can't 
take on what Jesus began. You cannot continue to do what Jesus did without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and on you, right? So that's what we need. Jesus began to do and teach. And the key was this, the key to why the Holy Spirit was given. The Holy Spirit is given to us so that we can carry on that. Are you with me? We are going to be the church. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to continue what Jesus did. Say that. Come on. I'm going to continue what Jesus did and taught. Amen. All right. So then we looked at the two main workings of the Holy Spirit last week. If you were here, we're going to quickly review that. It's important that we get these concepts deep into our heart. Remember, the reason we're talking about this is multifaceted. One of the reasons is because you need to be a teacher of this to others. Amen. We don't just come to Sundays and learn and that's all we do. No, you should be ever learning, ever sharing, ever discipling people. And if there's no one in your life that you're discipling, you need to start. You need to start telling someone about Jesus. You need to have those conversations. Jesus called you and me, no matter what our title or role in this life is, to be disciple makers. Are you with me? You are a disciple maker. But Pastor Doug, I'm not doing that then start doing it. (laughs) You are a disciple maker, but you have to grow in understanding because if you try and be a disciple maker without knowledge, without a personal, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be a very good disciple maker. But with him, you will be phenomenal. He will give you everything you need to be a great disciple maker. And so we looked at the Holy Spirit, the two main workings of the Holy Spirit. And number one there was the Holy Spirit within the believer. This is salvation. This is when the Spirit comes in and gives you a, brand, a, a new birthing into the Spirit. That's salvation act. And this was about developing the character of Christ within us. The Holy Spirit of God inside of our hearts is about developing the character of who Jesus is in us for the rest of our life until we die. Amen? Has anyone reached the full character of Jesus in the room? Okay, if, you, if you, anyone raise their hands, we're going to take you outside and, and beat you a little bit. But... <laughs> So no one's reached it, and it's, uh, we're all on a journey. We're all on a journey to get like Jesus. This whole life, guys, your life from right now till when you take your last breath is about becoming more and more like him, becoming a clear and clear reflection of Jesus to the people around you. So that is the spirit within us. Number two was the Holy Spirit upon the believer, like a jacket. Remember, endued with power, like a big jacket putting on. And this is not about so much as developing the character because he's inside doing that. This is to give us power to go and do what he's called us to do. So the spirit upon us is about giving us the power or the dunamis, the Greek word, which means dynamite, the explosiveness, the power to go put and do what Jesus said. And who knows that we need the dynamite of the Holy Spirit to do what Jesus did. If we're to continue what he began, boy, we need some help. We're going to need some powerful explosives to blow through the enemy's walls and and traps and lies and deceptions that he set up over the hearts and the spiritual eyes and ears of the people that are around you in your life. They have blinders on the Bible talks that, that there's spiritual blindness and people can't see because there's too much junk and lies in front of their eyes. So even if you showed Jesus the best way you possibly could, without the dynamite of the Holy Spirit to blow up all those crazy, dirty filters, they can't see Jesus. And so you can preach all you want, but without the Holy Spirit, none of this even works. I could preach, I could be the best preacher in the world, but without the Spirit of God working in your hearts right now, this is just, yeah, remember Snoopy? 
right? It's all Snoopy. So I want to talk today about who the Holy Spirit. Who is he? Who is he? Capital H, big H. Who's big H? He's a big H. Who is he? Yeah, that's number one. Thank you. Dale, you should be preaching up here. A is he is who? God, right? So I want to talk to the fact that he is God in John 14, 16. In this passage of scripture, you might want to read through those chapters over the next couple weeks, meditate on those. It talks a lot about who the Holy Spirit is. You'll get a lot of revelation and illumination about what the Holy Spirit does and who he is. But it says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. So he is God. And I want, before I talk about the attributes of who the Holy Spirit is, I want you to not miss these two words, another and forever. It says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. We'll talk about the word helper to be with you forever. But the another is the Greek word alos, which means another of the same kind or another of similar type. So listen what the, 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 the Foundations of Pentecostal Theology book says about the, the, the word another. The Holy Spirit is not another kind of comforter, but another of the same kind as Jesus has been. Are you with me? So the Holy Spirit is not a different set apart, <clears throat> totally different. He's another of the same kind of exactly what Jesus was to the disciples and the people there. The Holy Spirit is to us. It is Jesus with you, okay? So whatever Jesus was to that little band of disciples, the Holy Spirit would be to them. In fact, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The word translated comfortless literally means orphans. And so Jesus said, I will not leave you or abandon you without a father. I will be what Jesus was to you. The Holy Spirit will be that to you. So this another comforter is one and the same kind. Remember Jesus always said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. He was trying to get it in the heads of the people around there that he was God, the son. He was from everlasting to everlasting. Jesus had, the man had a beginning, but Jesus, the Messiah, had no beginning. The Christ, the Messiah, never began. He was there at the foundations of the world, and he'll be there for eternity. Are you with me? And so he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And people will show us, no, if you're not getting it. If you've seen me and know me, you know God, because I am the exact representation of him. It, whatever you see in me is exactly what you're going to see in the Father. And the same with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't any less than God or Jesus. And I know we could get into the theology of the Trinity and all that and how that works, and that's a, another whole subject. But the Holy Spirit, we have to understand he is fully God. Now, number two is the word forever. Not only is he another of the same kind of who Jesus is going to be, but he's going to be with you forever. Isn't that a good thought? That once you receive by faith, the Holy Spirit has promised you forever. He will be there for the long haul when all others won't be. How many of you are here today and have had people fail you and leave you? And disappoint you. But the promise of the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit, is guaranteed to be with you forever. He will never leave you, never forsake you, always be by your side. And speaking of the Holy Spirit being God and the Trinity, I want you to think about this. Out of the, the, the foundations of Pentecostal theology, it says about in the Trinity there are not three individuals, but three personal identities in one God. 
So it's a good way to think of that. I know that's sometimes a struggle. But the Holy Spirit is God. Now, the Holy Spirit is referred to often in the scriptures as God. Let's look at one of those in Acts 5.3. So his deity as God. And Peter said to Ananias, this was in the birth of the new church. He said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And to keep back for yourself parts of the proceeds of the land? Why it uh, remained unsold, did you not own it all? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you've contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. So we see here that the Spirit of God is God. And so when we lie to the Holy Spirit, we're not lying to some co-junior God sideshow. We're lying to the creator, the lover of our soul, the spirit of the living God. That's who he is. He is God. You know, he is also defined in that as eternal in the scriptures. Hebrews 9.14 says this, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify your conscience from the dead works to serve the living God. He's talked as the eternal spirit. The Holy Spirit was there in the beginning and in all eternity. He was there at the foundation, the beginning of the world. He's here now and he forever will be. The Bible also says, his, talks about his omniscience. John 14, 26, but the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. There is no end to the knowledge of the Holy Spirit because he is God. He knows all things, and the Spirit will teach you and me all things. Also talks about his omnipresence. In 139 Psalms, it says, Whether shall I go from thy spirit, or whether, where shall I flee from thy presence? You can't get away from the Spirit of God. You can't run too far. You can't be too screwed up. He's going to be there. He's drawing you, and he loves you, and he wants to be a close, intimate friend. God, the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Yes. The Holy Spirit living in you. It is the ministry. We're in the air. Remember last week of the Holy Spirit. The Father in the Old Testament was primary, but they were all three evident in the Old Testament. The Gospels, we see all three uh, prevalent, but Jesus was the forefront. And now Jesus even said, hey, I'm going to be with the Father. Now the Holy Spirit's taking the forefront, and he'll be with you, and he'll do all these things to you. Are you right? Are you ready? Okay. All right. So, he is also God, right? He's God, but he is also number two on your list. There are B. He is a gift from the Father. So we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is a gift. How do you receive gifts? I had a video, but our, uh, the, we have demons messing with all of our computer systems. And I believe that. I think you, I, you laugh, but I, really, I know I've seen it too many times where hell, and it's like, oh, you can't blame everything on the demon. Well, yeah, I can, but that's besides <laughs> the point. But hell wants everything to not go the way God wants it to go because there's lives and souls at stake. So whatever they can do, uh, I've known personally someone where they were in a room trying to type up something for God and a spirit being, he couldn't see it, but he picked up his printer and threw it against the opposite wall and broke the, broke the computer. So it's real, but we know that we're more than victorious in Christ. So we gotta understand that he's a gift. And the video was a, um, who was the guy, Jimmy Kimball, I think. Yeah, I don't know, you may have seen the video. So he, he had these parents 
uh, give their kids a cruddy Christmas present. Like two weeks before Christmas, hey, kids, you want to open up a gift? And so he had them videotape their kids opening up. You know, one kid got an onion, and it's just funny. And the, the, the reactions were hilarious to see these kids, and some threw tantrums, and it was pretty funny. But it was funny to see their reaction to a gift, you know. And, and here we have the gift given to us, one of the, the greatest gift, that the spirit that God living in us. And really, you know, Emmanuel, Jesus with us, is a picture of what the Spirit of God lives in us. Guys, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and me. By faith. By faith he lives in you, church. God, the Creator, abides in you and can be upon you. Isn't that phenomenal? Isn't that kind of hard to grasp when you really think about it? But he is a gift from the Father. But gifts need to be received, right? You can, you can have a gift sitting on the table, but if you never open it, it's not going to be received, so it's just a gift sitting there, right? So every gift must be received. So gifts from God, in your notes there, need to be accepted by faith. You have to receive from God by faith. Not just once. Not just twice. But every day, you need to walk by faith. Every day, that's not just one time when you get saved, but every day is a walk of faith. I want you to think of these two verses. Ephesians 2.8, you've all heard it. For by grace you've been saved through faith, it's not of your own. It is a gift from God. So we received, we got saved, the spirit within us. We got saved by grace, not, none of our works, none of our efforts, none of our, we couldn't do enough good things to get saved. It was by grace, it was a gift how did you receive salvation? When you got saved, I want you to think back right now. Remember when you got saved, what'd you do? You just believed, you, you maybe repeated a prayer from someone, but you believed in your heart. And when did that take place? 10 years later or right when you prayed? Huh? Right then? Right then? And you're sure? Is everyone, yeah, you start, so the, the fruits were there. So you're sure that when you got saved, and you prayed that prayer, and you believe that Jesus raised, uh, God raised Jesus from the dead, and that you believe that you confessed his name, you repented of your sin, and you asked him to be the Lord of your life. You believed at that very moment that you got a brand new spirit, and you were born again, right? Is that consensus here? Everyone believes that? Everybody? Okay, good. Now, if that's the way you receive salvation from God, I want you to listen to this next verse. Colossians 2.6 says this. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, what does that mean? So as you received him, how did you receive him? By faith, right when you ask, that moment. So when you ask for him, did, did Jesus say, you know, I wish I want you to learn a lesson. So I'm going to kind of play with you a little bit, and I'm not really going to get you born again right now, because I want to teach you something. So... Maybe in a couple weeks, you just keep believing and Terry and, you know, you just, you just keep praying and I'll eventually make you born again, but I, I, it's going to train you. It's going to teach you a lesson how to be more mature. Does that sound like God to you? Yeah. Are you sure? I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure. Some people are like, I don't want to answer because you're going to trick me or something here. Huh? <laughs> I'm trying to make us a, a point. As you receive Christ the Lord, 
Colossians 2, 6, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. So if you receive Christ Jesus the Lord instantaneously, right? Because none of us said, I, I got saved, I came to the altar, I go, God, you're my, I repented of my sin, and I began that journey, and I haven't been perfect, and I've had to repent, but I got saved right then, that's when I made it, and that's when it happened. No one that you know of says, I got repented, and I got saved, and then Jesus said, oh, you got a couple more years first before it'll come to fruition. <laughs> Never, right? <laughs> so then why do we do that with other gifts from God? I'm going to do a whole series on that. I've been studying, getting ready. I'm just excited. But today, we're talking about being saved, and as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So, when you're asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're asking for the dunamis power of God, how would you receive that gift? Or is that a gift? What does Acts 2.38 say? Anyone have their Bibles? Someone read that for some reason. I didn't get it in my notes, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where it says it. Someone read it. First one there. Then Peter said to them, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift. Whoa, 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 what? And you shall receive. Receive what? The gift. The gift. Of the Holy Spirit. So you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Ephesians 2.8 says it was the gift of God. So Jesus and salvation was the gift from God. Peter just said you have now another gift. It's the Holy Spirit upon you. And then Colossians says, therefore you received Christ Jesus when you got saved, so walk in him. Amen. How do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? <laughs> By faith. The same way you accepted Jesus. You believe that God wants you to have it because it declares in his word. When you exercise faith, you are trusting in what God said is true and you're going to bank everything you are on what his word says. Amen. And so when you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you ask one time in faith and then you stand. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of the day I was walking my dog Sven who's very spiritual, and, um, and I was praying, and, and he turned around and said, no, I'm kidding, wouldn't that be cool, though? I've always wanted, you know, a dog to just start talking to me like the donkey did, and the old, I think, I just thought that'd be, it wouldn't be, he, this is, Sven gave me this point, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, <laughs> right? So we were, we were walking in the Holy Spirit, and I was just praying, and, and the Holy Spirit loves, the Holy Spirit, by the way, this is a side note, the Holy Spirit is... He's super fun, okay? Super fun. In fact, I've heard many different prophetic people talk about he's kind of the jokester, okay? The Holy Spirit's kind of that part of the Trinity because it's a, God's just amazing. We, we can never figure him out, but he's the fun one. He's the one. And I, uh, I had one experience several years ago where the Holy Spirit, um, I didn't hear it audibly in the physical, but I heard it super loud in my spirit where I almost went, I went like this. I went, because I heard it so loud. And I was... I was in a situation where I was asking for direction, and, and um, I finally figured it out. Like, 
I finally figured out what God was trying to do in me. And I, the Holy Spirit said, finally, he got it. And I, I mean, that loud. And I, and I really went, and I was walking out. I'm like, wait, am I going nuts? Because I could, and I could just, in the spirit, I heard them as loud as clear. And I, I know when I get there, the Holy Spirit's going to say, oh, yeah, we were all cracking up at you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> it took you so long to figure that out. But when you got it, we're like, finally. And I, and the, and it, but it was, it was not a put down. It was, I didn't feel negative or bad in any way. I, I just actually started busting up because I was like, wow, here... The Spirit of God loves me and has been working on me and trying to bring me into all truth. And I finally got a little nugget of something that he was trying to show me. And he just like, oh, about time, man. <laughs> so we receive the Holy Spirit by faith. And so today, if, you, if you've never asked to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and maybe you have before, but you weren't operating with this understanding of how you receive a gift from the Lord. We're going to do this in a few minutes at the end, and we're going to, we're going to have you, we're going to pray, and we're going to pray ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to receive it by faith now. Amen. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is, as far as you need to go, now. Faith is now. So when you believe, it's done at that instant. Because if you don't, if you didn't believe that the Holy Spirit would baptize you that instant, then you have doubt because you're not sure if he did or not. And so you're going to continue to wait. Well, maybe later. Well, maybe later. Well, maybe not. Maybe that's not your voice. Maybe that's. That's a spirit of unbelief and doubt that you've allowed to take over in your heart and mind because you don't know the word. You've got to be in the word, guys. People perish for lack of knowledge, the Bible tells us. It's, it, you've got to get the truth of God so that you can be set free in many areas of your life. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Yes. yes. And also, he teaches us that the Holy Spirit forever. Oh, totally. Well, we'll get there. Yeah, she's preaching next week's sermon. <laughs> Girl, don't you get ahead of me. That was my favorite part, man. You just... I'm going to have a guest speaker next week, apparently. No, that's a great point. And it is, and she, she said, if you didn't hear that, you've got to know that the Holy Spirit is for everyone. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can read it right there in Acts 1 and 2, that it's for everyone of that day, the next generation, and for all those who will be called to the Lord Jesus. Amen. Was anyone called? Everyone in this room was called by the Lord Jesus. Everyone on this planet right now is called. God said, I hope that no one perishes. He loves everybody. So you're included. Good point. And thank you for that. So we receive it by faith. We're going to do that later. All right. So the next part, I want to talk about who he is. He's, he's my God. He's a God. He is God. He's also a gift. He is a gift. And he is also, and I want to put three words in there because they're all used and translated from the one word. But he is my helper, comforter, and advocate. Helper, comforter, and advocate. And the Greek word for that is parakletos. And I like to remember that as a pair of cleats. <coughs> a pair of cleats. They go upon your feet. <coughs> baptism upon. And they give you grip and action. To, and they give you power to do what you need to do. <coughs> Paracletes. A pair of cleats. But this Greek word is made up of two words. Para meaning to 
uh, from close besides or to come alongside, and kaleo, which means uh, to call to uh, call alongside. So it's it's like it's like a, a legal advocate um, who makes the right judgment call. So listen to this definition. So. This word is, the, is the, uh, the temporary time in the New Testament time was used for a, a, like an attorney, okay, like a legal counselor. And so this word talks about a legal advocate who makes the right judgment call, listen to this, because this person who is in this word is close enough to the situation to know the right thing to do, okay? An advocate, an advisor, a helper, and it was used as an attorney or lawyer in these days, someone, giving, someone that's giving evidence that stands up in court. So, do you need the baptism? Oh, do you want an advocate? Yeah. Yeah. I had to go to court once. Court yeah, you're going to want him in the court to heaven. <laughs> and having him help you during this life is not too bad either. And you need someone on your side someone that's going to tell you the truth. You know the advocate. That feeling, don't do that. Uh-uh. Uh, don't say that. Go tell that person this. You know the advocate. He's telling you stuff not just because he wants you to obey that, but he's setting you up for a successful court appearance in heaven. Because the spirit world the world really that God lives in, the third heavens that Paul talks about, is the real reality. So we live in this realm. Right now there are angels and demons uh, around. Some of them have been pushed out. Some of them were brought in. And they're here right now, present. You can, if you could see, you would see them. But well, a lot of us can't. And so, um, but they're here. And that's the reality. Uh, you can say, oh, that's funny and goofy and I don't believe that. And that's fine. You don't have to believe it. doesn't make it any less not true. So, but the fact, are, the fact is, is, though, is that we need a lawyer, and because the spirit realm is so legalistic and so built on laws, you see, God's laws stand forever. Once God speaks a word, it's forever established. It doesn't change. It's done. You, if it's said, you've got to obey it. And the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to help you live so that you can stand up in court and so you can do what's right, so that you can have a legal standing, so that you can have faith. Because, guys, if the, God's word says something and you're trying to, you want something from God and you're trying to get around it because you don't want to do something God told you to do, your advocate, your lawyer is going to come and say, you can't do that. Come on. Well, I, I know the speed limit is 55, but I wanted to drive 90. <laughs> no, you can't do that. That's not going to stand up in court. But I wanted to. I don't, I, you know, and everyone else is doing it. The pastor at the Rivers is doing it. And I got my ticket. So we need an advocate. The comforter does not do for us what, ourself, what we ourselves can do. But he does help us do whatever we attempt for God. For he has chosen to work through human instruments, not only, but only when such instruments are yielded to him. We have to be yielded to the Holy Spirit for him to work through us. And I want to talk about 
who he is as our advocate and what that means, because there's many descriptions about him being our helper or our comforter. And the first thing I want to talk about is how he is that comforter to us, is that the fact that he is a teacher. Okay, so the Holy Spirit, he is our teacher. The spirit of truth, the Bible calls him. John 14, 26, he shall teach you all things. So in that being a teacher, he firstly guides us into all truth. John 16, 13 tells us that. He opens up the word of God to us. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 says this, the natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are a folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The Holy Spirit opens us up in the spirit to see things that we can't see. You know, the disciples couldn't understand spiritual truth until the spirit illuminated to them. Remember all the things that just the, spirit, the disciples couldn't get? And then all of a sudden, back to the Holy Spirit, you have Peter on the day of Pentecost expounding on all the Old Testament symbols and, and all that stuff in the Old Testament and now showing how it was exactly what Jesus did. How did he get from uh, denying the Lord three times? The only thing missing was the Spirit upon him. The Spirit of God empowering him and being his teacher. And so the Spirit of God can lead us into all truth and teach us what we need to know. He can illuminate the scriptures to us. He can illuminate and cause light to come on those tough passages that we don't understand. He also reveals the heart of God to us. The Bible says in John 16, but whosoever he shall hear, but whatsoever he shall hear the Holy Spirit, that shall he speak. So whatever he's hearing from the Father, he's going to speak to us. So he's going to reveal to us the Father's heart. How many want to know the Father's heart? Yeah, you should. We all do. We want to know the Father and the Holy Spirit of God is going to convey to us because the Bible says he's going, to, he's going to hear something from the Father and convey it to us. He also shows us what's to come. John 16, 13 says, he will show you things to come. Isn't that interesting how the Holy Spirit will show us things that we don't know yet in many different ways? Can you imagine having an advocate with you that could tell you, when to sell your house? Just think if you sold your house at the right time. Just think if you bought a house at the right time. Just think if you had the Holy Spirit tell you something that said, don't get in a relationship with that person. Don't get involved in that business deal. Oh, don't believe that, what they just said. I mean, just think they're endless. In business, skip, start a new music store. The Holy Spirit can show you things to come so that you can do things. You can be ahead of the game. God wants us to be the head, not the tail. The lender, not the borrower. Those are all still true, right? And so God, by his Spirit, can show us things to come. In fact, he shows us the blessings that are ahead of the believers. You know, that's one way he shows us the future. By interpreting the scriptures, he shows us what's in front of us. And aren't you excited, guys, about what's in front of you? I mean, yeah, we got a life to live, but that's an important thing. But there's exciting things for us in advance. There's exciting things for us when we get to heaven. We're going to live on a recreated earth. 
with recreated bodies, Amen. as co-heirs with Christ. Amen, right? Recreated bodies. <laughs> and I believe this, me and my wife were talking about this because we were, uh, were reading a book in our men's group about heaven and we were talking about the concept of how awesome it's going to be in heaven and that we're going to be doing exploits for God. And, and um, has it, what was that movie called, The Pill? Do you remember the name of it? Matrix. No. It was a Netflix show, and the guy took a clear pill, and it, it allowed him to use 100% of his brain. And, and, I, and I thought of that, and I go, I bet you, honey, that because we're so limited with the curse, we're, we still live, Jesus had freed us from the curse, but we still live in a cursed world, and some of the effects of the curse are, are on us, and we all say, yeah, duh. <laughs> we, we fight that and deal with that every day. And part of that curse is that our bodies aren't glorified bodies, and they're not fully operating like they're supposed to. And they weren't operating before the curse like Adam and Eve's were. Not Adam and Steve. Adam and Eve's. Mine, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Well, no, who could? But our minds weren't working as good as theirs were, and they're even going to be better than that. So I believe that God's going to, when we get our recreated bodies, that we're going to use the full capacity. Because see, um, a lot of people think that when you get to heaven, you're going to be some ethereal smoke or vapor. You're going to be an angel on a cloud, and your, your bodies are going to be, you know. No, there's a continuation factor of what our, we're going to have the body. There's going to be recognized. I'm going to recognize Dale. Well, you might be like 30, you know. <laughs> That's the goal, right, 30, whatever age that is. But we're going to have the perfect bodies, and we're going to know, hey, Dale, and we're going to be able to operate in the full capacity of all the gifts and beautiful things that God made us to be. God has, God made you with parts of him in you. Did you know that? Parts of God, his, his person, and the way he works and does things, all his giftings are all bits and pieces in us. That's why when we come together, we're a complete body. But apart, we're not as good. So he'll show us things to come. 1 Corinthians 2.9 is kind of a cool passage. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, But it, as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of human imagine, or man has imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Listen to some of this. These things God has revealed to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For he knows a person's thought except the spirit of person which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught with human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interceding spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. And so God will teach you and show you the future. He'll show you what, and see, you know what's cool about this is that when you understand and can see what your future is going to be, doesn't it give you hope for today? Doesn't it give you a little encouragement, a little strength to make it through today? I would say amen to that. And remember, uh, the next thing he does in that showing us the future, he shows what's ahead for the church. Amos 3.7 says that he does, the Lord does nothing unless he speaks it through the prophets first. And then in Acts eleven twenty seven, we see that um, he showed about a famine. And a, 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 I'll just read that in verse 28. And one of them named Abigail stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world. Um, and this took place in the days of Claudius. So what did the church do? 
Because the Holy Spirit gave them what was to come, he said, look, there's going to be a famine. You need to get ready. The church in 29 said, uh, the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And so they did, sending it by the elders. So they were prepared in advance to be ready for something that was happening. And the Holy Spirit can tell you not only for our church, but can share, share personal things as well. So he can teach us things to come. In, in Acts 21, the same prophet told Paul, went up to Paul, remember in, in Acts 21 at the end, and said, wrapped his belt around Paul's hands and said, the person that wears these belts are going to be imprisoned in, Roman, in, Rome, in Rome. And, uh, and it happened. And that was part of God's plan. But it helps you, gives you comfort when God gives you the ability to see in front of your life and to know what he wants you to know so you can have courage to stand and do what you need to do today. So let me tell you something. This bill thing that's in California, I'm telling you by the Spirit of God that if we don't do anything, we're going to have trouble. Yeah. Okay? So we have the Spirit of God illuminating to us, hey, trouble's coming. The Proverbs talk about a fool who sees trouble coming and doesn't do anything about it. Let's not be foolish. Let's be wise and listen to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do about this bill thing in California? What's my part? What can I do? And let the Holy Spirit lead us because we need to take action, guys. He's telling us something. He's showing us clearly what's coming. Are you with me? Yeah. And we need to do something about that. So the next thing I want to talk about is he is our reminder. The Bible says in John 14, 26, the Holy Spirit shall bring things to your remembrance. Aren't you glad for that? Some of those who don't remember very well, say amen, right? So he is our teacher, and he is also our reminder. What does he remind us about? He reminds us of the word of God. The Bible says in, in, in that same verse, he shall bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So Jesus speaking there. He's going to remind us of everything that he's spoken to our hearts through his word, through our quiet times, through Bible memory verses and stuff that we've seen in stories in the Bible. He'll bring those to us at the right exact time if we have the spirit of God upon us. He'll bring them in times of persecution. In times of persecution, God will bring back to your remembrance of what he said to give you strength to make it through. John 15, 18 says this, Jesus speaking, if the world, hate, if the world hated you, you, you should know that it hated me before it hated you. If we were out of this world, the world would love its own. But because I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said to you. The servant is not greater than his Lord, if they had persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they, have kept, if they have kept my saying, they would keep yours also. So God gives us the ability to remember what the Lord has said to get us present, in present times through those persecuting times. Now, praise God, none of us are in a place where we're, we could be killed by just meeting here. But there's other ways that you're persecuted where God will bring back to your remembrance of what he said. Maybe you're trying to witness to someone that's difficult. Maybe at work you're trying to stand for Jesus and people make fun of you or, or speak down to you or whatever it is. God will bring the right scriptures to your mind to remember and to give you courage to stay on. Also in times of discipline, anyone gone through some discipline times with the Lord lately? Yeah? Right now. Yeah, right now? You getting whooped up? All right. So in times of discipline, the Holy Spirit will teach you. 
Hebrews 12.5 says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when uh, you're reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines those he likes. Loves. Oh, loves? Okay. So the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son or daughter who he receives. So we got to remember, church, when we're in getting discipline of the Lord, this is when the Holy Spirit will remind us about who we are and whose we are. He'll remind us as we're going through these times, he's perfecting us into the image of Christ. He's reminding us of special promises he's given us in the past. He's going to remind you of things that he's, and I know there's some people here today that you may be going through a trial of discipline, but I, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to remind you today of a promise he's given you in the past through a word, through the Bible that you've seen. And I just, I believe that we're going to take, in a few minutes, we're almost done, and we're going to take a few minutes to let the Holy Spirit start speaking to you, and I know he's speaking to some of you already. But I believe that God will remind you of promises. Do you know that 2 Corinthians says, all of God's promises are yes and amen in him? That every promise that you read in the word can be applicable to you? Amen. In the midst of crisis also, he'll be there. Maybe you have a difficult marriage going on right now. Maybe you know somebody that does. Maybe you're battling with illness. Maybe you're in a time of rejection or loss. Maybe you're in a season of failure. Maybe you're in a season of confusion and you just feel like you're in this conflict and crisis. I believe the Holy Spirit will remind you of his promises to give you the courage and the strength to stand strong in the days of trouble. In the good times and in the bad, he'll help us remember what he's promised us. I want us to take some time, and I believe right now, if we could all just bow our heads in prayer. And I just, uh, Chris, can you just come up by yourself? I want the rest of the worship team, in, you know, whoever's here to stay sitting down. And just play lightly. We're just going to allow, I, the, the Lord promised me last, uh, yesterday that he would, he's going to speak to some of you for the very first time. And so today, as we prepare our hearts, I want you just to get in a place of prayer. And if it, closing your eyes sometimes helps. And we're going to ask God to come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit first, if, that, if you haven't done that. And you're going to receive that by faith, because his Bible says he wants you to have it. And from this day on, April 29th, 2018, right now, when you pray and believe in your heart that you receive that gift, it is yours, you are baptized, and it's good for eternity. So if that's you this morning, I want you just to raise your hand up as a sign that, yes, you're, you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And some of you need to raise your hand if you've prayed before, but you've been doubting and not sure if you've gotten it or anything like that. We're going to settle the account today. We're going to pray on the April 29th, Sunday, April 29th, and we're going to make this a finale. It's going to be done. Just like the day you were saved, this is the day you're going to get the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. So keep your hand up. A couple hands going up. Raise your hand if that's you. You want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've doubted it before, or you're not sure if you've got it, you've, and you want to make sure that that's you, and today you're going to receive it and walk in it by faith every day. Hands are going up. Keep going up. There's a few more of you that I... I sense that want to. I see that hand. Keep them up. 
It's just a sign that you're, you're, you're asking God for this. So Father, in the name of Jesus right now, every hand that is raised right now in the name of Jesus, by the laying on of hands right now, I just, right now, I, I put my hands towards them and I speak and I, I say, God, baptize them in the name of the, the Father right now in the Spirit. Baptize them in the Holy Ghost right now. Every hand that's raised right now, go. Holy Spirit, fall upon them now. And I want you to raise your hands. I want you to ask right now in, in, in Jesus' name. Just say, Father, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Just say it out. I want you to say it verbally out. Just say it right now. Father, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Father, I receive, and then say, I receive it. Say, I receive your baptism now by faith, God. I receive your baptism by faith, not by feelings or emotions. God, I receive your baptism by faith, by your word declares it, so I believe it. And so right now, I speak baptism. I'm looking at every hand raised, baptize in the name of Jesus. Baptize in the name of Jesus. Baptism in the name of Jesus. Spirit, baptize with fire in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And so right now, while we're all still in a prayer, at prayerful attitude, we're going to give them a few moments of silence. And I want you to clear your minds. And I want you to listen for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here. He's present. And he's going to speak to you. He's going to remind you of something. I'm asking in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you remind your kids right now something that you want them to remember that you said or a promise from long ago or something they've forgotten about that they need right now to have courage to go on to tomorrow so speak Holy Spirit we wait on you thank you Jesus Holy Spirit lead us into truth also Maybe it's something that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to remind you of. Maybe this is something the Spirit wants to discipline or teach you on. Maybe he wants to bring correction into your heart because you haven't released someone and you still have bitterness or resentment towards someone and the Holy Spirit's going to say, I want you to release this person. Maybe you've, God's told you to do something that you haven't done. And so he's going to bring, as the teacher, he's going to come in and show you what that is and remind you what that is. So we wait on the Holy Spirit. We're just going to take a few minutes of silence and allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Just a couple more minutes. I just heard the Holy Spirit say that several of you are going to receive an assignment for today from him. Some of you are going to receive an assignment. So if you're hearing of an assignment type thing from the Lord, he is a teacher and teachers like to give assignments. So Lord, we receive your assignment. And Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I speak to every spiritual pair of ears in this place to be opened and healed of any hindrance in Jesus' name. I command spiritual 
evil wax buildup in the spirit ear to be removed. In Jesus' name, clarity of hearing now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, speak to us. I just feel such a sweet aroma of the Holy Spirit right now. Don't, if you're struggling, keep believing. We're going to take another minute. It's only been a couple minutes. I know it seems longer, but we're just going to take another minute just to be silent before the Lord, be still, and don't be frustrated. I want you to open up your ears and you might hear his voice in a different way. Don't expect it to sound different than some of your own thoughts do. Sometimes they sound similar and that's okay. So just open up your heart and say, just ask him again. If you haven't asked him, say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And he will. Open up spiritual ears. Oh, thank you, Lord. All right, I want, if you can, just kind of look up. Felt good, didn't it? How many just felt the presence of God in that short time? Anyone? Yeah? How many of you um, felt like you heard the, the Holy Spirit speaking to you? I want you to raise your hand. Several? The Lord... Sometimes in hearing him is a, it's a process of learning because our expectations on him are different than who he is and how he communicates. So a lot of us are just waiting to some voice to pop out of nowhere and it to sound so weird that we don't even know what to do with it. A lot of times the Holy Spirit will come and it'll, it could even be a, an unction, which means like a feeling of a, a sense of something and or a picture. Um, several of you may have gotten pictures. Did anyone get a picture of anything? Yeah, anyone? Just, yeah, picture. A lot of pictures of stuff. That's very common to have it a picture. Um, sometimes you'll just hear one word. And that's, so God speaks differently in every, to every different person in a different way. So your assignment today, guys, is to, one, write down what he said to you. Two, 
to share that with someone in your life that's close, that they can understand that, to keep you accountable to obey that and to do what you need to do. So find someone in your life to do that. If you don't know anyone, talk to me if you want, um, but find someone for that. And then three, I want those of you that felt struggle to hear the voice, I want you to do more times of this by yourself, in your closet, in your quiet place, on your back patio. If you'll do this, if you'll just be still before the Lord and get rid of all the crazy anxious thoughts and all that, God will start speaking to you. I recommend that you have a piece of paper or a journal out. You have a pen or pencil in your hand and get ready to write and allow and ask Holy Spirit to do that. A few things of those of you that struggled in hearing the voice of, of the Holy Spirit today, um, there's a few things you can do. You can repent, ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart. God, is there anything in my life that's keeping you from me? Because if there's open sin in your life, if there's open rebellion against God and his word, you're not going to hear the voice of the Lord. It's going to be very, very difficult for you to even hear that. So you got to repent. That should be a normal part of your life. I've repented. I repented this morning. I, I, that's part of your life is to uh, get in alignment with God. So if you're not hearing that, spend some time with God and go, God, examine my heart. See if there's anything off, anything wicked, anything that's not of you. And the Holy Spirit will convict you. The Bible promises that he is a convictor of sin. So if there's anything in you that's going to hinder that relationship, he will show you. He will speak to you. So does that sound good? Yeah. All right. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to live in us and give us power to do what you've called us to do. We're thankful, God, that you're faithful and true to your word. And we thank you for all those that got baptized in the Holy Spirit by faith. Lord, we believe what your word says, apart from speaking in tongues, apart from any other gifts that the Spirit brings, the baptism is received by faith. So we're thankful, Lord, that you are true to your word and faithful to your word. So we, we celebrate in that, God, and we thank you for that. We thank you for taking time to speak to us, the creator of the universe, who would leave the 99 and run after the one. We're so grateful for that, and we pray all that in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen? Amen. amen. amen.